When you were playing that record, what were you thinking? Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a new episode of Take 25. I'm your host, Luke Irvin. If you are new here, Take 25 is where I have conversations with other creatives, whether they be filmmakers, musicians, entrepreneurs, and we all have one thing in common. We're all connected to Arkansas in some way, whether that means we're born and raised here or we relocate here because of the projects that we're working on. In today's episode, I am joined by Dina White, who is also a podcaster. She's uh, running a PR company called Black Belt Media, and she has a podcast called Black Belt Voices. We dive deep into her story where we learn about growing up, what kind of creative things she was into, what led her into PR, and what led her to start this podcast. If you are an aspiring content creator or podcaster, I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. There are a lot of nuggets sprinkled throughout, and we'll talk about more of those a little bit at the end. But... I uh, don't want to delay you any further, so without further ado, I hope you enjoy this conversation with myself and Adina. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, so I like to start off kind of at the beginning because the one thing on this show that kind of connects everyone is everyone is from Arkansas in some way. So I'm curious, uh, are you from Arkansas originally or do you relocate here? No, I'm, I'm from here. Uh, Central, in fact, like I I've, I've lived in the same, I don't know, 40-mile radius my entire life. Um, oh, wow. I grew up in Conley County in a small country town called Center Ridge. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to college at Arkansas Tech in Russellville. And then I've been in Conway since 2007. So I've been kind of the same yeah. area. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it's weird because like as the host, like I'm not from Arkansas originally. I relocated oh. here when I was a kid. But my parents or at least my mom is from here. My dad, my dad's not from Arkansas, but um, both my parents had so much family here. They just relocated. And then, um, cause I was born in Texas. So about okay. the time I was getting ready for kindergarten, it was like, you know, where do we want to kind of do the school thing and raise and grandparents were already here. So I, I grew up in South Arkansas and then, but my parents went to college here. They went to CBC. Oh, okay. So they're already familiar with Conway. So I, I came up to Conway quite a bit and I still have family that lives here. Okay. So it's kind of made sense to kind of keep home like in, in central Arkansas. Oh yeah. I feel like a lot of people have that story in Conway. Like, well, you didn't go to school. Well, you went to school here? You said? No, I went, I went, well, I went to, so, so most of my school was, was in Hope. Um, okay. And then I took, I, I was one of those where I kind of just didn't plan everything to the best of my ability after high school. Because originally I had gotten into uh, UCA, but it wasn't on a full ride or anything. And so I just didn't approach the financial side of it, probably the smartest way. So what I did was did community college for a while and worked. Yeah. And then while I was working, um, I just got a promotional offer that, that I liked and was kind of interested in. I was a little burnout on school. So I took some time away from school and then worked in the restaurant industry. And then eventually it was getting burnt out on that. And it was like, I need to get in college. And so all of my friends went to UCA. So I just kind of wanted to go there. I'd already gotten accepted once. So just reapplied and then got in. Okay. That's very cool. So I had a few, few credits transfer, not too many, but at least helped me kind of get going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So growing up, were you doing any creative projects? Curious on that. Um, how, you know, were you, super creative growing up and this could be pre-college 
did you were you very mm-hmm. entrepreneurial growing up not entrepreneurial like I, I'm I'm surprised I went that route later on because it, yeah. it wasn't until my 30s that I even thought about that but <laughs> but growing up um I've always liked to read and mm-hmm. It's, it's hard for me, even now, it's hard for me to call myself a creative because I think of people who are great musicians and artists. And mm-hmm. even though writing is creative, for some reason, I just see me as like, I write for my job, you know? So it's kind of sometimes even that label now, I'm, I've, it's hard for me to accept it, but I need to just embrace it. Like that's, I mean, having a podcast and writing, that's that's creative. But um, mm-hmm. so growing up, I like to read and write. Um, we We had a creative writing course and not a course, but whatever you call them in elementary school when you have like reading, writing, arithmetic, I guess mm-hmm. it's class, just normal class. Yeah. So I always enjoyed when we got to um, free write little stories and then we could we read them in front of the class. And so one time I was like cracking myself up on some story I wrote. Um, so I, I always like that sort of things. Um, and just, so really just nerdy stuff like that. I was always mm-hmm. a fan of, but, um, I guess I didn't consider myself creative back then because I'm like, oh, I don't draw like this person and I don't, you know, I play the piano with one hand, one one finger in my ear, but mm-hmm. I never considered that creative. But uh, but yeah, I did always like dabbling in that sort of thing, reading books. Um, mm-hmm. I was always fascinated. When I went into PR, I went into it because I thought that's how you wrote um, advertising jingles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that was, that's more advertising, of course, but once I got into PR, I realized, um, there's a lot of writing involved with this and um and you can use this to change people's behaviors and ideas so that that mm-hmm. made me want to get into it more but it started with like it started with a soap opera character actually but when I looked into it I was like oh okay that's like advertising and stuff so um I always had that creative leaning I guess you could say gotcha very similar yeah I, I was one that would want to try to just try everything yeah um I was weird when it came to writing. Like I didn't get into writing until college. English was like, for me, it was like a, the worst subject <laughs> growing up. I was more math and science. And we had some cool computer stuff growing up. And that's where my dad's really into computers. So that's kind of what kind of pushed me towards that. Um, that's really cool. So you mentioned PR and advertising a lot. Are you a fan of Mad Men? Have you seen the series? It After it had gone off the air. Like I watched the whole thing, like after people had had gotten done talking about it that's how the yeah. whole show goes I'm always very late yeah but I did finish the entire series it was it was very it was interesting yeah that's like um, my favorite series yeah I I'm like watch that, it again. yeah I watch it was like that and Breaking Bad I didn't get into those until they're both at least mm-hmm. four or five seasons in and people yeah. there was already a fan base and just to hear the chatter and I was like okay I need to check this out uh, that's how it was like, I think yeah. it was off the air by the time I, I watched my first episode and then I just finished it so. yeah so you did PR in college yes um at tech PR was under the, the journalism department so I was journalism with an emphasis in PR and then I double majored in speech communication which is less about talking and more about like theory and and um, a lot of papers that we had to write mm-hmm. and stuff based on theory so um so so I majored in those things and then cool. my master's degree was in applied communication studies which was again kind of that theoretical aspect of communication Mm-hmm. applying it to real world situations and stuff so. gotcha I'm curious in those types of fields are there any specific things you're kind of drawn towards so like I guess I guess my thought process is like my background's computer science mm-hmm. um so you know in that kind of realm it's more like the startup atmosphere 
and that was really big when I was in college is, I mean, when I was basically like right when I started college is when Facebook came out and, and then you start getting Twitter and then you start getting this startup vibe. So, you know, I was taking as much time as I could to travel to visit other, you know, startups and entrepreneur minded people and kind of figure out what they were doing. So in your field, what do you kind of navigate towards? Was there um, anything big going on during the time? Oh yeah. Cause I, I remember, um, when I first picked PR as a major and learned more about it, um, healthcare PR interested me. Like, like okay. really healthcare, nonprofit, anything that you can use to help people, I guess it sounds kind of cliche, but like that type of PR work. And so both of my jobs have been in the nonprofit, nonprofit arena, but not in the direct services nonprofit that you may think of like a Habitat for Humanity type place or a food bank is just, you know, like the Chamber of Commerce and the educational conference center. I've worked for those two places. But um so I'm I'm but now I'm attracted to kind of same type of work, but more like social change and racial equity and using PR to advance those things. Mm -hmm. So I so I feel like for me, PR has become um a means to an end. So it's like that that's how I can help with those things I care about. Like mm -hmm. using PR to help further the work of these policymakers and activists who know this stuff that I don't know. So, but just using PR to help further those mission-based type things. Hmm. Gotcha. That's interesting. This, yeah, PR is something I've, I've dived into here and there. And I think most of it is just through my experience in startups and trying to like do my own startups and realizing like I need to understand the marketing and the PR side of things because, you know, typically products, you know, either building a product for a business or building a product just for general consumers and figuring out how to communicate there. That's always been a struggle. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's the hardest part of trying to be an indie dev is you got to understand all of that stuff as all well. Right. Yeah. yeah. And for me, I'm having to understand the computer science part of things like trying to, you know, like setting up domains, which wasn't that difficult, mm -hmm. but like now trying to make sure my email alias is all connect, you know, so I'm kind of like you in the other way, like I have to be my own IT. Yeah. Have you, have you looked into any of the programs UCA has, has launched in terms of like trying to basically get everyone together in one building and figure out how to like work together on these things? Oh, oh okay. I haven't. I don't know if it's still going on. Um, you know, the, the initial, the initial approach they wanted to do was, was basically business majors and computer science. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, on the computer science side, you could think of a cool product, you could write the, the code, build it, but you may not necessarily know how to sell it or turn it into a business. Whereas vice versa, you know, a business person will like, they may have the idea for the product, but they may not know how to code it. So the right. goal was like, it's so funny too, because you wouldn't think it, but uh, I don't know. It's just generally, you know, the classic computer science type person is usually just like I just want to be left alone just let me sit write code tell me what to do I'll do it and so we're trying to break them out of their shells right like you got to know how to talk to one another um if yeah. you want to especially if you want to get in a startup because you know the startup atmosphere is like we're going to sit in a room together we're going to whiteboard this we're going to have to communicate because you know you're all on the same mission all right yeah That's so we true. need to we need to follow up to see if they're still doing that um that's a good idea because yeah yeah this is something they didn't launch this until right after I graduated but I can't I know I met with with a few professors regarding this because you know at the time like 
I had already been building a few apps. So like, you know, they, they knew what I was doing. So mm-hmm. I think they saw that as a big approach of like, okay, this is cool. We need to have this in Conway. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so cool. We can, we can jump forward a little bit. So where, where did the idea for your business come from for your, cause it started as a blog, right? Yes. And, um, it was in 20, it was after the 2016 election. So 2017, and you know, there are a lot of people who were wanting to do more. Like you mm-hmm. saw a lot of um, different efforts come forward to kind of just help make things better for people. So, um, something I noticed was that I felt like black Southerners were kind of left out of the conversation during the 2016 election. So um, whether it was people on the right using Chicago as a dog whistle for, you know, black people or people on the left lamenting that Trump was elected because the South elected them. They're like, throw the whole South away. You know, they elected Trump without considering that there's black people who live in the South who did not vote for him in overwhelming numbers. So, um, so it just felt like black Southerners were often left out and that kind of, I felt that way for a while, but that just kind of solidified it. So I'm like, I need to just make a place for Black Southerners to be centered. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, my first thought was a blog because my background is in writing. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was I was just trying to think of a name for a while. I came across, you know, Black Belt being the place in the South where um, the soil was rich and dark and fertile ground for growing crops, mostly in Alabama and Mississippi. But then it has a double meaning because it's a crescent type actually is across the South that stretches from like Texas to Virginia or somewhere like it's like a over across the South. And it became to me where black people live in large numbers because of course, when they were enslaved, they worked those fields and then they continued to live there after emancipation. So it had the double meaning, meaning black people live there. So, um, so I used that name and then I wrote my first blog post, I guess in 2018, or this was 2017 with the idea. 2018, mm-hmm. I finally wrote a blog post after trying to get everything you know, getting the LLC form, I did all that stuff first. Okay. And then, but the person I interviewed, we were talking, I, I knew her from, uh, she worked for the chamber in Williamson County, Tennessee. And we, our chambers had had networked at one point to try to like learn from each other. Mm-hmm. So she and I were paired up because we were both in communication. And um, she, at that point, I think she had already quit her job, but she's founded a nonprofit called the Equity Alliance focused on voting in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, getting getting black voters registered and, and engaged and stuff. So I want to talk to her about the work she was doing after the election because she she like other people was were inspired to um do more. So um, but on the phone or on the Zoom call or whatever, she um she started crying talking to her mom. It was very emotional, and I was like, man, this would be great audio, mm-hmm. you know. I said, but I'm not a podcaster. I don't I don't I don't talk. I just <laughs> I just write. So I just kind of buried it, and then um. I told several people about the idea, getting buy-in from different people, different communications folks in the area, um, you know, like black PR folks I knew who may want to write for the blog and all this stuff. And um, someone I told about it, we were having coffee and she was, she had been following up on Black Belt to, you know, Kara Wilkins to to see if um, I was going to do anything with it. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm working on it. So anyway, we were having coffee in Conway and she said, um, she was talking about Beyonce or Jay-Z and she was very engaged and, you know, just, she's very lively. And I was like, would you like to co-host Black Belt if it became a podcast? And she was like, oh yeah, sure. <laughs> so that was easy. <laughs> and then, so after that, um, my sister, Katrina Dupin, she has a background in, uh, as a TV producer. And so she, um, she also knew about Black Belt. So we were on the phone talking about 
you know, our hopes and dreams for the future and what we want to do. And, and then I said, if Black Bill became a podcast, would you want to, you know, produce it and stuff and do the audio editing? And she was like, oh yeah. So she was on board. And her husband, my, bro- my brother-in-law, he, he, he helped write the theme music. Um, a friend of mine who we worked together for, um, I don't know, 13, 14 years now. She's a graphic designer, Kara Darling. Um, she whipped up our logo. So I told her my vision for a logo. She made it happen. I, I, my brother-in-law, Princess Dupins Jr., I told him the vision for the music. He made it happen. And so we launched our first episode in September of 2019. So that's that's how it, it came about. And then um, in January of 2020, we were featured on Apple in their new and noteworthy section um, as a new podcast. So that got a lot more eyeballs on it. And then fast forward to the summer of last year during the um, the protests after the murder of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, uh, they reached back out, Apple did, saying, we, we were on our break between seasons. And they said, mm-hmm. we have a new episode that's coming out. We'd love to feature you again to get a regional perspective on what's happening in our country. And then we were like, yeah, we have one that we actually just finished. So, uh, so they promoted us again um, on on their homepage in different categories, mm-hmm. like a Juneteenth category and then a Black Lives Matter and then Black History Matters. And then from there, uh, Vandy, Vandy Fair featured us on the list of uh, podcasts to teach you about Black history. And we we're like, oh my gosh, that's a heavy thing. Cause we, we had a few episodes on history. We were kind of like, oh man, that's <laughs> intense. So that was exciting. And then a few months later, Oprah, Oprah's Magazine featured us as like one of the 15 podcasts to make you smarter or more educated or something like that. And so that was a, so that was really exciting. So I felt like we had some fast growth there for a while with a lot of people watching. And, and so, so it, it, I wasn't expecting it to happen like within a year of it coming out, you know, all, all of that attention. So, so now it's just kind of um, trying to, yeah, just trying to keep it up, keep the momentum going and, you know, continue to have great guests on there. So. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, I want to rewind just a little bit. Yeah. So you launched the podcast in 2019, correct? Yes. But prior to that, you were still blogging, right? Yeah, it was, um, I was very sporadic with it. So I, I did that one story with the, with the mm-hmm. friend I was telling you about. Um, I did a couple of more. One um, around Memorial Day about the, um, the, the Freedom and Justice Museum in Montgomery. It's also known as Lynching Museum. Mm-hmm. So we went there during Memorial Day weekend. So I wrote about that. I wrote about some, I think Faulkner County had a record number of black people running for office. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wrote about them. And so I really only did a few, but like it was still trying to be a blog. But the hope is that eventually it is a blog like where people mm-hmm. can contribute to. But we also have a podcast. So the podcast episodes will live on blackbuttvoices.com but we also have contributing writers and other stuff on there. Gotcha. So that that's, you know, as long as it took me to launch the podcast, you know, that's probably a few yeah. years in the making, but that's kind of the hope. It's kind of like a hub about, right. um, not just being black and Southern in general, but it kind of has, has like that edge of like social change mm-hmm. too, woven throughout it. Gotcha. I want to, I want to shift that direction a little bit to, to kind of go into more of an educational approach, more so thinking mm-hmm. about, listeners that may be looking to do these kind of things yeah. like what were challenges your was it was it motivation to kind of con- keep a blog post going or were there certain challenges in finding scheduling or things I'm just curious on that yeah I, I'm very much a um 
I'm trying to recover from being a perfectionist, which mm-hmm. caused me to procrastinate. And then just trying to get everything perfect before I do anything with it. So, I mean, the idea I had in 2017, I wrote the first blog post kind of mid 2018, I think. So it's just kind of, cause I knew what I had, it, what I wanted to do in my head, but just kind of mm-hmm. getting out there and doing it. And also, um, you know, it's, it's about being black and Southern, not black and Arkansan. So like, I wanted to reach out beyond the state. Mm-hmm. Um, but so then I was like, oh, I can't do all Arkansas at the beginning because people think that that's all this blog is, but that's who I knew. So um, so that, I was kind of worried about doing too much with Arkansas. And of course, um, and it, I was doing on the side, but of course I could have found time to carve out things, but it just it's just that whole perfectionism thing and mm-hmm. um, not really knowing and, and kind of being scared to put yourself out there. So, and that's still struggle with some of that when it comes to the podcast. Um, but that was the main thing. Like there's plenty of people to interview and talk to. And it was just, uh, and I have a big long list of people I still haven't gotten to as far as podcast or blog. Mm-hmm. And, um, and like even the getting the, getting the buy-in from people, I was going around talking to different people, which I'm glad I did. But when I think back, like, why was I doing that? Like, was I trying to get approval or permission before I acted? So it's kind of, I, I could, I could see though, I'm glad I talked to people about the idea of also I, sh- I could have done it, you know? Yeah. Uh, same boat here yeah as I sit on so many ideas for a long time Mm -hmm. and and because I get in that perfectionist state of you know what's the right way to approach it and go you know go about it and um I'm a list person so I want to list it out of like you need to do this um so were you able to to utilize like some things you've learned through starting the blog into the podcast to kind of change how you approach the podcast or, uh, or did you approach it completely differently <laughs> yeah with with the blog like the people I reached out to I think I just um sent an email and set up an interview and they were all well one was over the phone because she's, she's in Nashville but the Faulkner County folks that was in person so I went and I took pictures of them and I wrote the article I think one thing I got better at was asking for help because mm-hmm. you know with the podcast I was um I spent a lot of time trying to figure out okay, how am I going to learn to edit this audio? And what do I need to do to edit the audio? And what do I need to do to do this? And then really my sister helped out a lot because she knew that stuff already. So, mm-hmm. so there was no learning curve for her. So really just getting help was a big deal. And even as the co-host, like there's no way I was going to launch a podcast on my own, but having a co-host kind of helped get it moving. So I think um, I asked for help, which is something I did differently. And as far as the blog, I want contributing writers on the site. Mm-hmm. But I want to be able to pay them because I want it to be equitable, you know, not talk about all sure. these big ideas like equ- equity and justice, but then not pay people. So um, that's something I still haven't done yet. But eventually I want to get to a point where we can pay writers to write on the site. Um, so, so yeah, I, I guess the main thing is asking for help. I'm, I'm working on getting systems in place. Like mm-hmm. our first two seasons of the podcast, you know, I would send an email. Well, well first I would yeah, send an email and if they want to be on the show, we'll set up a time using Cal- Calendly or something like mm-hmm. that. And then I'll follow up with an email, you know, with the Squadcast link, which was kind of like a Zoom recording mm-hmm. and a, a guest release form. And then I'll write some questions. But now I'm trying to, with this coming up season, I want to streamline some of that. Like maybe having a web page for the, for the guest intake form where they can just fill out a questionnaire rather than a lot of back and forth. So um, there's little ways I'm trying to... Uh, create better systems so that I won't spend yeah. so much time on the admin side. Yeah. I, I've got to do the same for me, for myself, because 
uh, working and then doing this and having a family. Time yeah. is stretching so much time. So that's that's the approach I've been considering is um, I have a domain for my podcast. I just haven't mm-hmm. put up a web page or anything. So oh yeah, I've been considering, you know, I just want to do like a Squarespace form or like a Google form and right. just allow people just, you know, kind of link it to a calendar, Calendly or something uh-huh. like that. Yeah, I like that. Um, going back with uh, with a lot of the this press that was um, promoting, did all of this reach out to you? Did you reach out to anyone during no. that time? They all reached out to you. Yes. Well, the the only thing I reached out was was the Apple thing, like back in January mm-hmm. of 2020. Okay. Um, I there was another podcast I like to listen to called Side Hustle Pro, and she talks about you know of course side hustles, mm-hmm. and she was talking about how. Um, she let herself get defeated, feel defeated or feel sad because Apple didn't include her podcast on the list of best business podcasts or something on their page. And she was like, and then I thought I didn't even ask him to do that. So I was like, oh, you can ask for that. So then I just kind of went on LinkedIn and searched for like Apple's PR person hmm. or for the podcast. And then I found this one person who had just gotten the job. So I, I found his email address maybe somewhere else on the internet. And then I mm-hmm. wrote him saying congrats on your new job. Uh, I want to see if my podcast can be featured um, during Black History Month, because this was January. And then he wrote back saying, uh, oh, I'm going to forward you to the person over a podcast promotion or whatever. And her name was Stacy. And then so um, he connected me with her and she had said something that she actually came across a podcast on like a train ride or something. And she wanted to learn more about it. So she was glad that he sent her that email. And then Mm -hmm. next thing I knew, we were promoted in the new and noteworthy category before February, not even in the Black History Month, this new and noteworthy. Worthy. Mm-hmm. And so that's the only thing that I reached out to about. Okay. So, but then that did lead to them reaching out again in the summer. So I guess it was a snowball effect, but I didn't pursue the other outlets. And they don't tell you, like they didn't tell us that we were, well, the Vanity Fair did tell us because after we were featured, she wrote asking if we had any kind of PayPal link or anything okay. or um, for details like that. But Oprah, I just happened to see that on an Instagram story someone else shared saying, here, here are some of the podcasts mentioned in Oprah's list. And we got a tag. I was like, no, we weren't. And then so finally I decided <laughs> to Google it. And I thought we were. So yeah, so really none of that outreach, which as a PR person, I kind of wish I could take more credit for by saying, oh yeah, I pitched these, these media yeah. companies and they got us on. But really it was just that one initial outreach mm-hmm. to Apple that kind of led to it all. Um, but again, then again, I guess it is PR when things just happen too. I mean, just based on reputation and stuff, but you know, I, I can't right. say that it was my awesome pitching that <laughs> got us on there. One day though, one day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if, if you're cool, could you share like numbers or something like, like from getting that success, like what was the growth that you saw? Yeah, I, I think before January, I think we maybe had a thousand downloads mm-hmm. and then total from September 2019 to January 2020. And then after the Apple feature, I can't remember exactly when it jumped up, but it was probably 10,000. And then now we're at um, about a little over 200,000. Very so, nice. And, and downloads, like those aren't subscribers. Like they get right. downloaded, you know, it's, it's just people who downloaded it to listen or listens. Mm-hmm. But um, so yeah, that's not, uh, I don't really have anything to, to compare it to, but I think I think that's pretty solid, I guess, you know, but um, so yeah, we're about 200,000 right now. And, but the thing that's kind of, we switched platforms. So mm-hmm. we were using Acast mm-hmm. and now we switched to Simplecast and those numbers don't transfer. 
So uh, I just have to remember that we were at about 150,000 when we switched. So gotcha. now we have about, you know, 50 or 60. So I just had to add them together. I had to add that initial number to this. Yeah. One, which kind of sucks. Like if, so I can't print it out and show people that because mm-hmm. it doesn't exist in that form. But I can't remember. There's no way to do like a, I wish there was a better analytic tool for this. Like Google yeah. Analytics or something. Like you could just put something. Yeah. yeah, I think Apple, you know, Apple Podcast could probably give me um their their analytics can give me something specific to Apple. Mm-hmm. And then Google can give me something something specific to their platform. But like the the simplecast gives you everybody, you know, they can yeah. buy them all. But most of our folks are from Apple. So I could probably get a clear number um from Apple. But then I think all are different on how they count. So right. Somebody make you listen for a number of seconds or minutes for it to count it as a download, and mm. it was not even consistent across the board. I've learned. Do you are you able to get subscriber data or just download data? I haven't I haven't seen how to do that yet. Like okay, maybe you can on the individual ones like Spotify or Google, but mm-hmm. I think most of them just show downloads. I haven't seen where they show subscribers. Gotcha. Yeah, um, I was just curious on that. See, I didn't know. I, I see some people do this, some people don't. But do you set goals? Do you set target goals of like? trying to get those kind of numbers or do you not worry about the numbers uh i i don't i don't but i think that'll be a good practice because i do want to learn more about the audience because right now you know these platforms can tell you how many downloads you got how 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 they're listening like whether it's on iphone or desktop um what platform they're using and even where Mm -hmm. they are but it doesn't tell you anything else that advertisers may want to know like yeah, it's just of, what I was wanting to know. lead into is, you know, are you starting to move towards more of a business model around this and, and kind of, I get typically with these, that's what you do is you do advertisements. Yeah, so I'm sure they're going to want those kind of numbers. Right. Yeah, because we, we have, um, we, we did get last year, people reached out to us to advertise like mm-hmm. um, the JFK Library Foundation reached out because they had a new podcast coming out talking about the 1960 election and mm-hmm. comparing it to 2020 and you know so um they they paid for like a, a spot on several episodes around November of last year because a lot of our topics were about voting so um so they reached out but then I started aggressively pursuing it more um this for this next season uh we have an underwriter for our, our third season and uh the Southern Bank Corps and they are their mission is kind of similar to ours. I mean, our missions aren't similar to their bank, but you know, they focus on um, kind of impoverished communities in Arkansas and the, Del- the Mississippi Delta. So um, just just their whole banking model felt like a good fit for us. And so, and they agree. So now we're partnering up for season three um, and they're going to have like your standard spot, but we're trying to, we try to do more creative type advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some, ad- we have a segment called turn to your neighbor, mm-hmm. which is a, you know, a phrase they use in the black church a lot. So um, those are typically just talking to just someone who's black in the South who has a cool story and just telling their story. But like the entire podcast is that same theme. You know, we're talking to a black Southerner, but typically it's kind of about uh, a, a topic area. So like they may mm-hmm. be a teacher talking about equity in education, but then the turn to your neighbor segment may be talking to a black male teacher just about himself. So we try to relate it to the topic but that was our way to get more people who aren't subject matter experts and what we're talking about, but just like to have cool stories. So part of the sponsorship with Southern Bank Corps is they're going to get maybe six of those spots and they can feature some of their customers telling stories mm-hmm. about how 
about like predatory lending and stuff like that. And maybe not saying like Southern Bank Corps is the best, but like just telling their story and then it's underwritten by Southern. So that's one way that we're gonna try to incorporate advertising. We want it to fit with our mission. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that I would turn down, you know, Bomba socks or Tide or whoever <laughs> wants to be on there. But um, yeah. we're, we're trying to keep it um, focused on people who are aligned with the mission of Black Belt. Right, right. Or, or companies. Yeah. That's cool. Is that, I'm curious, uh, is that a common hashtag? Is that something you could kind of like own essentially or like own that hashtag and utilize oh, it? Oh, the turn to your neighbor? Yeah. Oh, not yet. Not yet, because it's, it's so common. Well, it's so common. We just wanted to connect with people like, oh, that's what mm-hmm. people say. Like, you know, but we, we haven't, we don't own any of that. I, I did try to, um, I am trying to own storytelling for social change, you know, mm-hmm. things. And then um, trying to get our logo trademarked and things. Yeah. Turn to your neighbor. I guess that is, oh yeah. We also use um, call and response, which is, you know, mm-hmm. another thing they do in the black church. So at the end, our lightning round is called call and response versus a lightning round. Mm-hmm. So we try to incorporate those little um, elements throughout. Cause even though it's not a religious podcast, you know, the black church is very central to a lot of African-American culture. So mm-hmm. we, we use those little uh, uh, phrases and stuff. Throughout. Yeah. I like that. Cause you, that's, that's so cool. Cause you can make that to micro content, right? Oh yes. Yes. You know, and you that, could, those could be Instagram stories. You know, yeah. if you just want a, a segment of the podcast, you know, if you want to hear the full story, then promote the podcast through that. Yeah, that's so, that's, that's we want to do more of that too. Like mm-hmm. just getting better snippets and stuff out there. Um, Cause that's something else that I'm going to drag my feet on. Like even the social media content is always like, everything feels so daunting. Like, oh my gosh, I gotta do all this before. I mean, with the show, but um, just having better system in place. Like when the episode comes out, here's what we do. You know, yeah. I think I want to get better at that this next season yeah that's a huge goal for me again like I mentioned Mm -hmm. uh kind of getting the branding side for myself down a little bit tighter and then can kind of take that and hopefully it'll make it a little bit easier to do things yeah um cool a few more questions I've got on top of mind um let's uh let's go into what's um I guess what's your current vision or future for for this, for your podcast, for the blog, like, what do you, what do you want to see happen over the next few years? What's your goals and could be goals for that, but what is also the goals for like that within Arkansas or within the South? Oh yeah. Um, well, Black Belt Voices is the podcast and blog that's underneath Black Belt Media, which is mm-hmm. what I'm now doing. I guess you can call it full-time. Um, I still work for my, for the Chamber of Commerce I've been there about 10 years. So I'm still working there part-time, but now I'm spending three days focused on Black Belt Media, which is um, a PR strategic communication consulting. That's what I hope that becomes. So I guess my vision is for um, Black Belt Voices to continue to center Black Southerners in, in the stories we tell. And those stories all kind of point to social change, racial equity, uh, Black history and culture, and, and not everything all serious, but just like just centering Black Southerners. Mm-hmm. So, um, but for the PR consulting side, I want to do business with those organizations that are focused on those same issues. They don't have to be Black-led, or but they are companies and foundations and nonprofits that are focused, are focused on those topics that we talk about. So that's, I want those two, those two to kind of blend together. So basically it's a PR firm with a podcast. 
so you know which a lot of people are doing more podcasting Mm -hmm. now with their companies and stuff so but unlike us i think they started with the firm and then then they had the podcast but i'm starting with the podcast and trying to build a company out of it but um so so I, i think i just i want i think i just wanted to continue to grow and just be a be a resource about those important topics in the south um you know, because the South is the birthplace of the civil rights movement. Like we're, I mean, we we led ch- change throughout this whole country that started here. So um, I, I think just being a the go-to place where you find out, you know, we're, we're not find out stuff, but that we just kind of share those stories over and over mm-hmm. and, and give it to audiences who may not hear it elsewhere. So, um, so yeah, I, I guess it's what the ultimate vision is, is for it to be a media company that does PR, that does the podcast, that has the blog, mm-hmm. uh, that all points to, you know, a better and more just society through all these different ways, gotcha. whether that's PR or blogging yeah. or, you know, a podcast. Any any video projects in mind? Uh, not, hopefully one day, because my sister um, who edits mm-hmm. the podcast, the, the Turn to Your Neighbor segments, she did film two of those. Okay. So we have a YouTube channel that has like two videos on it. That So she she filmed uh, the Turn to Your Neighbor segments. And and, and our, I guess if, if it was a perfect world, we would, you know, even minus COVID because COVID didn't really stop us from doing in-person stuff. I mean, it mm-hmm. did, but I can't blame COVID because we're not, we're not really ready for that. But right. in a perfect world when we have funding and when we have more time, um, we would travel to different places, you know, and, and do do in-person interviews with people. And, and so we can capture audio and capture video and then have a bigger team. Because like, I, I enjoy the storytelling part. I enjoy talking, connecting to the people as, as a co-host, mm-hmm. but um, I'm not really the, the person seeking out the, I'm not really the investigative type person seeking out these stories. So like, if if we could have a team that was of like, you know, journalists who knew how to find these cool stories and then we tell them, yeah. I think that'd be awesome because I know that's not my strong suit. Like I want to connect, I want to learn from it, but I don't really have that nose for seeking out the cool yeah. stories, I guess. That's cool. And I think there's a lot of people out that like doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So building that team would be really cool. I know. I, I think, and, and I think selfishly, part of the reason I wanted to start Black Belt was of course to give a voice to black southerners but also mm-hmm. to connect with people because sometimes you sure. can feel isolated you mm-hmm. know you know being in arkansas where you're in a minority not only in terms of race but also your in political views so mm-hmm. when you have when you're talking to people from all over who kind of are doing cool things it makes you not feel so alone or that you yeah. have to move to la or new york to kind of find yeah. people you know? right that's that's why i'm doing this show is is to connect with uh, people like you and other creatives that are yeah. doing cool things here um right. and can help share these stories because there's a lot of cool stuff going on here there that, is yeah. that we shared uh, a couple more questions um first one this is going back to more of like um that educational side of thing for for listeners like what are some aha moments you could share like what are learning points that um maybe um you starting this early on you kind of failed on then learned later like what are those good moments that you could share with people um so they don't kind of like come across the same same struggles hmm. 
and that's so that's so neat. I feel like I still have so much to learn. But um, um same here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think um things I've learned from other podcasts like Side Hustle Pro is that um you don't have to quit your day job. You know, like if you want to do something that you enjoy on the side, because she made a point to say that your side hustle, I mean, your full-time job will, can fund your side hustle. Mm-hmm. So if you have something creative you want to do, don't feel, don't feel like you have to quit your day job. And and I know it's, it's difficult when you have kids at home and, and if you have a job that requires you to work after hours. When I first had this idea, I didn't have a child, but now I have a two and a half year old. So, um, I mean, when he comes home, it's kind of like he, he's the center of the t- attention until bedtime which used to be 7 30 which is now about 8 30 so <laughs> you keep losing time yeah but um but then of course you know they get they don't stay little forever and then I mean they understand when they get older that okay I'm working or I'm doing this but I still want to prioritize my family time mm-hmm. but but I think just um and, and I didn't immediately quit my job of course but I did I did stop March 1st was when I went on my own mm-hmm. so um and I think I'm grateful for the chamber, the Conway chamber for giving me the opportunity because they allowed me to take the leap, but with a big cushion underneath. So it's like, okay, you can work part-time for us and then you can pursue that. So I'm grateful for that. Um, I'm trying to think of some other lessons. One I'm really struggling with is just, I I just want to get more. My husband always likes funny me because I'm like, I just need to get organized. I need to organize this. He's like, what did you say that like three weeks ago? Like, but it's like, I'm always trying to get my stuff together. and I think just, I'm a big believer in having systems in place, not being mm-hmm. rigid or anything, but just having systems that streamline things so you don't have to think so hard every time you do something. And yeah. I think I kind of got to a point where everything I did was had a big decision attached to it. Like, I mean, even like, okay, what days we're going to record? Because at first it was kind of free for all. Like I would be like, okay, every day is available to record. I mean, every night, every evening at 7.30. So now it's like, okay, this coming up season, our recording nights will be Wednesdays and Thursdays at this time, or, or maybe an afternoon time over here, so that we that everything's not such a big decision that has to be made. And I think I just want to get better at that. So, because I think that's what paralyzes me sometimes. Because when there's mm. so many steps, then I'm like, oh, I don't have time for that right now, and then I just keep putting it off. Yeah. So I just I just want some things to be just automate some some processes a little better. Yeah, exactly. Hundred percent. Keyword automation. That's. Mm-hmm my side, I've got three kids. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's, it's a lot going on. Um, but yeah, once, uh, this was like, right when we, uh, we had twins right away. So like, right when I knew we were having twins, my mind was like, what can I automate? I need to automate everything that I can because then that's when I was like, really, you know, thinking about doing podcasts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, huge on anything you can automate do it <laughs> yeah i said working on that Gosh. yeah no i love it though that's great no that's that's great takeaways um things that i struggle with as well i'm like a list person like i want to organize like let me make yeah. a list check it off what what if, what from this can i automate um i've been thinking a lot i'm on the same frame of mind like can i find one day a week to do all my recording mm-hmm. like just bulk record um because I think I've got like, I've got a schedule down finally. So I just need to figure out the recording side of things. Oh yeah. It's a side Hustle Pro. Her name is Michaela Matthews Acoma. She's the one who I, I keep referencing. Uh, she went through her schedule one time and she batched, mm-hmm. she batched records on like a certain day. Yeah. And she uses this day to create content for social media mm-hmm. so that everything is not by the seat of her pants. And that, I have a big problem with like 
doing that too. So I wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh, what I'm going to do, put on this platform and not even for Black Belt. Black Belt get, gets ignored because that's mine. The, right. the clients, you know, like the people who are paying me, I mean, even for them, I need to make sure I'm planning more in advance. So just, just I work better with the plan. Mm-hmm. And I know that about myself, but just sitting down to make the plan, you feel like you don't have time. But it saves so much time when you do. But I, I, I think I just need to, I'm preaching to myself now because I need to remember <laughs> that. Like, you'll, you'll appreciate this later on if you have it done. And I always do when I, even when I plan like a week to work with something, I feel better about it, you know. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, um, thank you so much for taking the time today. Um, before we wrap this up, um, can you share when season three is officially coming out? And then where can people find you online? Okay. Season three will come out. <laughs> I put it into the airwaves, so it needs to happen. Uh, in September, we, we try to do a September launch and then we end around late February, early March. So September of 2021 will be season three of the podcast. Our, our seasons are about 12 episodes long. We release them every other week. We try to. Um, and you can find Black Belt Voices online at Black Belt Voices, you know, wherever, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn. And I'm Adina J on Twitter and Instagram. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll be sure to link everything below. Okay. Thank you so much. This was yeah. fun. Thank you so much. All right. I hope everyone has enjoyed this episode. I hope you got a lot of insight into the process of starting a podcast and kind of growing it into a business. I think a lot of great nuggets were shared in this. I think some key takeaways are definitely, if you can form a team, definitely form a team. Form a team of supporters that can help take some of the burden off of your plate. Uh, Running a podcast is a lot of work. It's more work than people think about. So uh, if you can build a team around it, it really helps. But um, definitely check out Black Belt Voices. All of the links will be mentioned in the description below in the show notes. So be sure to subscribe to her channel so that way you can be prepared for season three when it comes out. And this way you can catch up on seasons one and two. If you're new here, please consider subscribing to my channel. Trying to get episodes out every Tuesday or at least every other Tuesday as I can get guests on. So I do have some guests lined up later on, but um, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun. Uh, I believe this is episode six, so still moving along. Um, you know, since we talked about seasons, my goal is to do about 25 episodes a season, kind of, kind of goes with a take 25 and that's in that sense, but yeah. Uh, so be looking forward to more episodes. Uh, you can check this out on YouTube. Um, I guess I'll go ahead and announce like I am getting some, some branding work done for this. So I'll be making some changes down the road, uh, later this fall for that. So I'm really excited. So yeah, There'll be a lot of changes this fall, this winter for the channel, considering a website and more professional form. So if you want to be a guest, uh, you'll have an easy way to reach out to me and we can get you on the calendar. So thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe, follow. Be sure to check out Black Belt Voices once again. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And we'll see you in the next one. In 2010, thought I was doing something. And now I'm rapping with a crew or something. I guess the track don't really stick unless he's blowing something. And I never fit the shoe until I do or something. Yo.